We are the mothers of many, Kiara Evans and Lorna Blanchard. As mothers of many children, we are curious about our parenting journeys. We were called to document this poignant time of mothering in our lives. We feel passionately that women's stories should be heard. Siblings. Siblings. siblings we're going to talk about siblings and <laughs> uh, yeah siblings <laughs> I started this research by writing a list of challenges and then I got like quite a few in I was like maybe I should write down some joys as well <laughs> yeah so I I my research um was me asking my kids over the last like 24 hours uh, what are the good things about having siblings? And then I changed that based on their look on their faces and went to tell me about the things that you don't like about having siblings then. <laughs> yeah. Do you think siblings is something that you only appreciate as an adult? That's what I said to CJ yesterday when the kids were coming out with some fairly depressing things about each other. Um, I, did, I just said to CJ the dog walk last night, I was like, maybe maybe it's okay really and they'll just appreciate each other when they've left home and they'll realize that it's all okay yeah <laughs> fingers crossed well like me so in my family of origin the three I've got two siblings a brother and a sister I'd say we're pretty close my sister and I especially and yeah we um we get on really well and then Gary and his brother get on really well and I'd say probably like their childhood they were better friends than my like my sister and I have had a very rocky past before um and as adults have really connected my brother and I've always been pretty fine like we're quite similar there's a big age gap like I didn't annoy him he didn't annoy me there was too much distance between us if you know what I mean um but I do feel like those relationships have come to fruition in the last few years hmm. for us but I do like I don't know so I have four girls right as well so there is like a sisterhood situation going on in our house where I have like a mini um I guess queendom and there's five queens that live here so we all like I'm fostering that vibe of like within this house lives five queens we cannot forget there is also a king and we also need to remember that we all have our glory like it's not just a one woman show <laughs> whereas your split's like 50 50 right so yeah so when you say queendom does how does that work in terms of um I guess the the ideal is that everybody sees themselves as able to being their own queen in their own right not dulling each other's lights that all of that kind of nice idealism what does that look like on a daily basis in terms of um someone wants something and it, someone else doesn't want it like how does that how does that play out for you guys mm. does it work yeah. like that or is everyone quite like not selfish <laughs> <laughs> we're all innately selfish and we should yeah be, I right? know yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's the problem with siblings isn't it because really we're all should have our wants we all should have our wants and our desires um but we can't all act on those wants and desires all of the time because we live in a large family where there's six of you and we have to share 
And there's days like yesterday when it all went tits up and there was just lots of unrest. And then there's days where everyone seems to get what they want out of the day. I just, I think in a large family, I just feel like that is the highs and lows of every single day (laughs) where it, you know, it is impossible to have everyone's needs met in a way in one day. Um, And I don't know. So the difference, I guess, between, so I'm interested in that sense of like the difference between siblings as in all sisters because I understand the deep connection of having a sister compared to like your instance, you've got a girl, two boys, and then a girl of having, I guess, like a brotherhood in the middle. And then do you still have like a sisterhood with the girls or are you one massive team? Cause I think I've, I've healed a lot of stuff about not having a boy. I think I often have thought I was going to have a boy. And then before I even had kids, I said I was going to have three boys. And then I had four girls and I've done a lot of work of, of, you know, understanding why my calling is that and not something else. But I am still very intrigued about the the sibling relationships, especially between boys and girls. There's definitely a divide in our house of girls v boys almost. There's definitely a sisterhood between with me, Bethany and Anna, for sure. Um, I'm currently sat in what is our, we call the middle room upstairs, but it is like, it's the girls hangout space. It's got a sofa, it's got a TV, it's got Bethany's desk, it's got loads of craft stuff in. The boys don't come in here. Me and the girls hang out. We play cards up here, we watch movies up here, like we just hang out together. So there's definitely a a bit of a sisterhood. I would but uh, it's so funny because it almost that so there's that element of things and Bethany and Anna do seem to gravitate towards hanging out with each other but there's also such an interesting dynamic depending on who's in in the room or who's in the house like so Bethany and Luke have a quite a good relationship Luke and Samuel have quite a good relationship together Anna and like so it's when there's Mm -hmm. when there's a pair it sort of doesn't really matter what pair it is if it's just two it's quite good it's a good relationship it seems to be when there's more than two in the room we have a conflict of whose needs are going to win like it just feels often in our family that it's like survival of the fittest playing out that the kids are kind of going well I want my need to be met over and above anybody else's and I'm gonna fight to the death over this I mean yesterday we had it over a who people where people were sitting on the sofa oh the classic the classic sofa spot yeah oh I mean we have the same spot in our house and Willow wins every single time because Right. We have an unhealthy dynamic of Willow winning all the time, which has been created by me and therefore then it's difficult to break. But I'm aware of the dynamic. So I um, <laughs> that's the first step. Right. Awareness is the first step. So I'm aware of the dynamic where because of the challenges Willow faced as a small baby and going into toddlerhood and now with her speech delay, I am aware that that has created some patterns of behavior where I just want to keep Willow quiet and happy, which then yeah. means that the others are then kind of subjected to, well, she's going to scream the loudest. So will you just move? Because I don't want to deal with that. Um, but I've often noticed recently as she's getting older, that she's the one who perpetuates the unrest 
and I'm mm. blaming everyone else and she's the one who's taken the toy or done the thing and I've like blamed three other kids before I blamed her so you know there's there's like I think it's just this constant dance in a large family right between the patterns you've created with the child your mother to child pattern the patterns they've created with each other playing out as well and then you add in a husband at the weekend and it's like a shit show of needs where there's like another whole situation going on and in our house that that is still very much a work in progress like very much a work in progress for me and everyone involved I guess but mainly for me of trying to work out what's going on even like I'm still observing going oh that's interesting that that person behaves like that when this person's around or you know is that making sense sorry I went on a bit yeah no I'm really resonating and what's um challenging me at the moment with those things is so Anna is my willow Anna is the one that we're I'm like make Anna happy can we like I I often say to the others don't look her in the eye (laughs) first thing in the morning and like don't make eye contact with her she's in a bad mood um don't don't poke the bear don't do anything and I feel really sorry for poor Samuel so Samuel the other two are secondary schools they sort themselves out but um coming out of school in the evening Samuel waits for me at the gate I pick up Anna first and I just hand her a snack like before I speak to her um and then uh, by the time we get round to meeting Samuel I'll know whether or not Anna's in a good mood and I'll depending on whether or not Anna's in a good mood it'll be where I then stand do I stand in between Samuel and Anna to always protect Samuel I'm like Anna Samuel don't say anything to her don't because we've got to get home we, we need to just get home please don't wind her up more so right now so yeah, we definitely have that dynamic of just don't upset Anna. And um, what's really difficult at the moment is that my big ones are not really letting me get away with that so much now. Like Samuel just calls me out on it. He's just like, I'm sick of I'm sick of us doing whatever Anna wants. And Bethany's the same. She's just like, I'm sick of it. Um, why does she always get blah 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 blah? Even so, recently, um, Anna's teeth. Anna's lost two teeth. And we famously go listen to the Christmas episode. Don't do Father Christmas and don't do don't do Tooth Fairy in our house. And uh, Anna's like, do the Tooth Fairy. Uh, and I'm like, but 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 no, we're not going to Anna. And she's like, what? Well, but do it, do it. And I'm like, okay. So I'm now writing letters from the Tooth Fairy. The first one I wrote, AKA Mum and Dad, or AKA, and she came downstairs fuming with me. And then the other day she lost another tooth, and she went, do another letter. Don't you sign it from mum? Did you leave her money as well? Is that what she's after? A whole pound. I left her a whole pound. And Bethany's Ooh. standing next to me at 10 o'clock at night, shaming me for what I'm doing. And then Bethany comes downstairs and goes, Look, you even drew her a Valentine's Day card. You didn't do me a Valentine's Day card. And I'm like, Oh, oh God, Bethany, I am so sorry. Do you think Bethany's like thing. counting up how many teeth she's lost over the years and working work how many pounds you owe her? Because <laughs> that's what I'd be yes. doing. <laughs> but what I will say in my defence, and what I did say to Bethany was, here's the thing, Anna comes down with the pound and then goes, mummy, can you look after it? So it goes back in my pot anyway. So I've used <laughs> yeah. the same pound several times over. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Good so I, I think from, okay, so something came up when you were saying about Samuel. So do you think... 
as your awareness of the patterns has increased so as you're observing your family now in its truth rather than just from I guess as all of us have been at some point or another from a place of just um unconscious doings like you know before so before five years ago maybe a bit longer I was just kind of pootling along life not really understanding what the hell was playing out in any of this behavior and just thinking that it was out of my hands or whatever so we've talked about it a lot that now we're becoming more aware of ourselves and we're observing things have you noticed then the kids are now observe you I guess they're having the space to make their feelings known about what's playing out because we've created that atmosphere of we call each other out when we see something that doesn't feel fair yep and that's uncomfortable as shit when you go (laughs) I mean what did I text you on Friday morning I text you and went well I just projected my shit all over Bethany and she called me out on it oh yeah oh god so then I had to stand there and go oh Bethany I think I'm projecting all my shit all over you I'm really sorry I'm gonna need some time to figure out what's right and what oh god yeah when they are allowed to have opinions and see things clearly ugh. it's it hard was, wouldn't it be so much easier if we all just could go go to your room oh I mean but is it easier because no, this no, is well, the no, thing no. though yeah it I mean it feels easier though because I still am in that my instant reaction like still in my body is to shut it down so like yeah. we've you know when Fern's going through her transition from seven to to eight years old and I I remember like we had a rough ride with Ivy at this stage she also gained a new sibling in that time as well so I know for her that stage was really difficult but Fern is my feistiest kid so far and just the attitude of the way she speaks to me and the way she is like in that I am right and I am going to tell you and sometimes she is right you know like so and I'm really struggling at the moment to work out like allowing her to be herself and have that opinion and not wanting to shut down her opinion but also you're going to have like zero friends on the outside of this house if that's how you interact with people generally because it's not necessarily nice to be on the receiving end of how violently you're telling me that you're right yeah yeah I wonder if it's just her testing I guess it is her testing um how far she can go with that inside the house but she's often very quick to point out when her siblings are not meeting her standards (laughs) yeah and I'm like Okay, but if you tell someone that they've not done that right in that way all the time, they're not going to ever bother to want to work with you. And I guess she doesn't really care. So then I'm like, okay, well, do I just let that play out? Or do I intervene here and be like, no, we're a team. Like, let's all join together and get this done or whatever. Can I have some answers? Yeah. I feel no, like I need don't some have... answers. <laughs> yeah, I think, but I think this is this is such a difficult thing, isn't it? Because I, in my head, I quite often run through like, when I'm asking someone to change what they're doing or challenge what they're saying or how they're saying it to someone else, it's like, am I asking you to be a people pleaser? Am I asking you to squash yourself? Is it okay for you to have that strong an opinion and for it to impact someone else? 
how do we live in a world where we are fully respectful of our own needs and our own wants and desires and dreams and the way that we want to do things at the same time as living in a house with other people that's that feels really difficult to navigate for me of yeah just kind of you know like for example yesterday the first thing that bethany as much as bethany and anna do get on the first thing bethany's not a morning person and the first thing that she said to anna yesterday morning was well you're in the middle of the corridor you're completely in my way and it was in that tone like a really kind of negative tone and to be fair to bethany anna probably was completely in her way and was probably in her way slightly on purpose in the way that siblings are to each other and it's like do i do i pull bethany up on the way she spoke to anna probably but then is bethany being expected to be a really lovely sweet happy person when in the morning she doesn't want to be a sweet and happy person and is that people pleasing in some way because anna's going to shout and i'm going to sh- like it's just feels really complicated to kind of know where the line is drawn between selfishness and self self i don't know yeah, yeah. does that even make sense yeah no totally totally because we want our kids to be in their self yeah because being in their self means that they feel confident and love who they are we want all that for them but we also know the reality of the world and life is that we live in community so yeah. you want them to that I guess they're testing out things in our small community in our house that they then take those skills further out into the rest of their lives which I think as one of the pros of having lots of siblings I've said that's one of them is that you have this day-to-day opportunity to live in a large community which should in effect mean that you're great working in a team (laughs) because you've often had to consider other people's needs and um, make I suppose self-sacrifices for certain things so that other people can shine and have their moment Um, because as a mother you cannot facilitate everyone having their shiny moment every single minute of every day right yeah and that's the bit I find really difficult because then I'm like but the whole you shouldn't dull someone else you know your light shouldn't dull someone else's light and it's like yeah but then but how do how how does that what does that practically look like when you know from a child's perspective when you choose certainly this is what happens in our house when I choose someone's favorite dinner and it's someone else's absolute worst dinner, we have an issue. And that's very much not a case of allowing one person's light to shine and go, yeah, yeah, I'm really enjoying my dinner, when everyone else is going, I hate you because you chose lasagna. That's that's rough. Like, what, and, yeah. what do we do? And some days um, I just don't have the energy for that interaction. Other days, you know, I say to them, well, we all get our chance at our favorite dinner and I'm really sorry it's not today for you, but you know, maybe tomorrow. And like on good days, that's, you know, I'll ride out whatever reaction comes from the other person and say, that is life. Like some, I can't have my favorite dinner every day. Can I though, as an adult? I kind of can. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I, I find that so hard to know. Do I get to make a selfish decision? But then at some point when they're children, I'm then respond like I don't act. I mean, tonight we're pretty much cooking six different dinners, but I don't want to do that every. I, I don't know. It's really. And then how do you with the sofa situation? Mm. Not everyone can have the corner seat on the sofa. We, that isn't possible. So what do we do? Do we have a timetable if you can have the corner seat on the sofa? What if someone's out for slightly longer in that day? Do we then need to measure how long each person's butt has sat on the corner seat on the sofa? To, or no one's allowed on the corner seat. The dog sits on the corner. You know, ah, what do you do to make sure that people don't feel like they're having to people please, which seems to be a massive set like buzzword at the moment if we want to avoid our children growing up as people pleasers at the same time as they're not being little shits to what other people in the house which is the reality of the situation sometimes when you are just living from a really selfish place I don't I don't think I think people pleasing might not be a we shouldn't have that as a goal but I think being completely selfish is also not really a good goal no I agree I agree totally and I think maybe, some people are more natural those, yeah and maybe if it doesn't come with a side helping of shame when yeah. you're yeah because they're, they're like my more natural people pleasers, Ivy, pretty much. Yeah, maybe Autumn, she's too little to tell, but I think mainly Ivy. She is often willing to bend more quickly. Um, and then I'm like, okay, well, she is willing to give that up, but she seems really unattached to it. And I'm like, does that mean as an adult, she do doesn't know what she wants? <laughs> Just because she is the one who's, who will go oh to keep the peace we'll just do that then like she's definitely sent to me first because she has been on the most part relatively smooth sailing through the stages to kind of she's always willing to come back to me and like work it out so I think that's been like huge for me because as we all know with our first kid you're basically just testing things and hoping for the best and they often get the worst version of your mothering in a way not always because it depends on what research you've done and like how much conscious parenting you know about and all that but in my experience she gets the bit of me that tests the waters to see if that technique is gonna fly or not with her and then but then this is all irrelevant right because then I had three kids that are totally different from her so whatever I do with her anyway doesn't seem to necessarily work with the others. And I don't mean work in like I'm trying to manipulate her. I mean, work in that our relationship as an entity, mine and Ivy's or mine and Fern's is a separate relationship than the one that they have with their sibling or as the relationship we have as a five is different again. Mm. So and I'm like, yeah. There's there's a lot of relationships yeah. every single person every single combination there's just massive relationship dynamic and so many of them to keep in your head all the time <laughs> yeah and I wonder how much of my day is spent on those relationships and is that good because I think I feel like I think it's important that they learn to navigate each other. But I do feel like I probably guide them too much in a way to how to interact with each other. I don't let enough stuff go 
like with their I've noticed I step in really quickly when they're arguing because I have some fear in myself of where my sisters and I relationship got to and it was because we didn't have in my view we didn't have enough in um guidance of how to fight properly like kindly you know because you can fight kindly and you can oh, have disagreements okay. so when when the kids are fighting what what's happening what do you do so in any in any kind of sounds of unrest I am right there to witness and to get involved with it normally if I'm around the days when I let it go further it tends to end in physical violence which I think is the case in most big families that you know you like if you let something go too far it often ends in the physicality now I don't necessarily think the physicality is a bad thing I think it's just that's the end of the line for me in like the interaction and I think I try and step in before so it doesn't get to the physical violence and then if it gets the physical violence then I start to get cross because I thought mm. I'd solve the problem for them <laughs> whereas I think maybe my kids would benefit from me just stepping in at the physical violence stage and go this is where we stop things now like this is the end of the road for this argument because before that all they're doing is arguing they're not hurting each other but are they because words hurt yeah well we and we had a we had a situation yesterday where in the end I just said we need to stop this now because we're not going to solve the problem just by going around in circles arguing this this point so can we just stop take a breath take a pause from each other and we'll cut we can come back to it if we need to because this is just no there's no good here and so did when they you all follow you when you said that did they all take a moment or did they keep going and they tried to keep going mm -hmm. yeah so when you step in what do you do so when I step in, I tend to try and find out from each person what their beef is. Mm -hmm. And often their beef doesn't add up. So you're like, oh, how did that person do that? And that person do that at the same time, that doesn't really add up. So then, you, then I'm trying to work out who's telling the truth, which is always the hard thing, isn't it? Because it's got to be someone lying or like bending the truth. Or from their perspective, they are correct in what they're saying and they have a point, but at the same time, like, there is only one of those things or there is only like this game. And if the other person doesn't play with you, then you can't make them play with you. So they're right to say, I don't want to play. And you're right to be annoyed about it. And that's a really hard pill to swallow as a kid, isn't it? Like they're right in standing their boundary and saying they don't want to play with you. And you're right to be upset because you want to play this game and you don't have your partner in crime to play it with. But yeah, I guess and I that, often say that's life. Yeah. And I feel like that's something, um, maybe that's something that our parenting, like our generation of people parenting now is trying to get to grips with, is that validating those feelings? And that I know that for me, that feels really uncomfortable quite a lot of the time, because I'm like, you're being unreasonable is my first reaction. And actually to step in and kind of say, well, you're allowed to feel angry about this and you're allowed to feel whatever, you know, and then I'm like, and now what? Because now I want to fix it. Now I want to say either why you shouldn't feel this way or how we can move past it in a distraction way. Whereas actually, 
that's not necessarily what they want. Sometimes the kids really want to feel heard. They really want to have their anger heard. And I'm like, that, yeah, that's uncomfortable for me. I kind of want like, between me being involved in their emotion in some ways, like it's hard. I think because you're supposed to be codependent with your kids, right? Being codependent with your partner is different, but with your children, like you're interconnected in their emotions. When you've got lots of them as a mother, you're then interconnected with like four other people's energies, which is why I think like self-care and self-love, however your well-being, personal well-being as a mother of multiple children is like imperative even more so than like any other amount of kids like if you go over three kids I feel like you have to prioritize it's the time when most people go I haven't got time for myself because I have three kids or more you're like no no I feel like you need it more at this stage because you are so much in a day having other people's emotions channeled through your body as much as you as much as I like I understand I don't have to get involved with it. A part of my like cells is involved with it. When my children are sad, I feel sad. When my children are happy, I feel happy. So you're on that roller coaster with them all bloody day, aren't you? Especially when all four of them are in the house. You're like, wow, that was a wild ride. At the end of every school holiday day, I'm like, get into bed. I'm like, oh, that was a big day. <laughs> Just yeah. me and the four kids. It's like, I've been on their roller coaster with them. Then I'm like, Okay, so do I need a better personal boundary? I don't want to be cold, though. I want them to feel my compassion for their perils. Some days I'm like, you know, some days are a bad day and I don't, I don't want to go there with them. I just want them to all shut up. <laughs> Those are yeah. really bad days. The, the good days, I'm like, I understand that you're going to have all these emotions and I feel compassion for you. But as a, so I, in my human design, right, my only parts that are open are my root which is my energetic um portal I guess and my emotions and my emotions so I'm really sensitive to other people's emotions and so I know that 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 um if I don't have good boundaries in that area like I can really go there with every person I'm with it's my it's one of my greatest talents to understand I can read the room really quickly but I can also if I'm not careful get sucked into it then I can't be a good leader because I'm like fully immersed in the drama with them yeah that's a really hard one isn't it keeping on top of not being fully immersed and then not adding your own emotion into the mix be it anger or sadness that's really difficult and needing to try and be a safe space for the kids to deal with their stuff between each other whilst you're not going well here's my stuff as well guys it's really really difficult trying to do all of that especially in the moment when you're being like you know the whole respond don't react and you're like the kids are reacting constantly you've got to there's no time to go I'm gonna need to just pause and think about this guys when they're like at each other's throats it's like oh my gosh you want me to make a really quick decision right now about who's done the biggest crime whoa chill very difficult yeah yeah do you think as so I often think of this 
I often think about if I'd waited in between children to have like a bigger age gap, if I would have had more capacity for like dealing with this stuff, or is it my piece that I'm sent here in this moment with these four kids close together in age to master in some way navigating that? Because it's a lot of things. Yes. And also I don't, I'm, I guess I sort of see it as there's not much point in trying to figure out whether or not it would have been better if you'd had a bigger gap because you don't. So yeah. Good luck. Godspeed. And I don't, and I also don't think there's an ideal age gap between children. You know, we've got plenty of different dynamics and different age gaps between us. I don't think there's an ideal. I think all of them have pluses and all of them have minuses. Um, Yeah. When we, when we, had three three and under when Samuel was just born that was a bit bonkers but they were like three little babies that all kind of hung out and played together but it was ridiculous um yeah and actually one of Anna's biggest sadnesses in life genuinely sad thing for her is that she will never be at school will she uh well for now I think she goes she'll be at secondary school when Samuel's in year 11 or just going to sixth form or something like that. But basically she's not got siblings with her. Whereas all of the others have had at least someone with them at some point and poor old Anna doesn't. So, you know, maybe she does love her siblings really somewhere along the lines. Or maybe it was Anna's calling to not be influenced by her siblings at school. You know, mm-hmm. like that's the other thing, right. Isn't it? Like often I think, Oh, Ivy just needs my full attention in this. And there's autumn, like, kicking off in the background or at the moment singing at the top of her voice every time we have every time we want to have like a decent conversation you know how they get older I really feel like I'm stepping into my um I really feel like empowered at the age of like kids when they get older nine maybe like seven onwards although seven's tricky with ferns so maybe I'll take that back okay so I feel it I feel I feel quite confident with older kids I struggle with toddlers I've always struggled with the, um, the I guess, oh, I don't know what it, I guess the narcissism of a tiny child. I really, I, I kind of have grown into the idea of like, you kind of let them get on with it and just step in if they're dangerous kind of thing. I, I've now, after four children, fully accepted that to be true and understand that they're not trying to be an asshole. They just are living their truth and it's taken me a really long time to get to that place kind of makes me sad I'm not gonna have another one so I can keep practicing but I'm not gonna have another one yeah and then you know so I kind of understand that stage of development now and I'm kind of excited about where we're going with the older ones but I really desperately sometimes want to have that decent conversation with them and then the toddlers like interrupting or kicking off or whining or the five-year-old wants something I'm like they just need my time and I feel quite torn and frustrated if that's happening and then, then I wonder like how I can manage the day so that they have more opportunities for that but often it's organic right when kids want to talk to you it's not necessarily oh between the hours of seven and eight I am available for questioning it's like no they want to talk about this at dinner just because the other kids like throwing their spaghetti bolognese on the floor they still want to tell you their thing right now and you're just like I don't want to miss the thing because I know it's really important and you're opening up but your siblings being a dickhead I really want them to stop so I can listen 
to you. Yeah, I think that's that is such a hard thing, isn't it, about having siblings? Is the you have this need and someone else has this need, and they're completely conflicting and happening at the same time, and someone's got a someone's got to back down with their need. That's so difficult, and and. And I guess that's our jobs to try and navigate that. Like it feels like triage half the time of kind of going, everyone line up, tell me your problem, tell me your need, and I'll need to prioritize who gets to go first with, you know, which issue. And then, like you were saying earlier on, being aware of who the people pleasers are in the house, who's going to just go, oh, forget it, just forget it. And actually, maybe that's the person that needs the, the thing first they need to be triaged first it's so difficult navigating all the needs especially with what you're saying you know the natural narcissistic tendencies of children which they're meant to be but also goodness gracious yeah and at a certain age they start to learn there's other needs and emotions right and that's how part of our jobs are to help them navigate that that their needs are important but also the compassion for others most kids innately have that anyway but it you know you get like a real-time experience with loads of kids where you can constantly practice that which is exhausting but also beneficial I think for them um, but I do yeah. think too like when in a in the leadership role of mothering you're then like constantly looking at that what you said about the triage <laughs> And that place is like, is difficult to stay in. This is why I love school because I often gain that slight break that I need to gain perspective to manage the after school dynamic between them. Um, and that's always the shift between when they're in school and when they're in the holidays, then having to work out, because it's a different role, I think. When you're with them all the time and they're toddlers, it's a different role to when they're at school and you're managing what's happened to them at school and then the after school bit. I often know when I've overexerted us all by going to the park, for example, and some days we just need to go home so everyone can just have their meltdown because they're all on the precipice of one anyway. Or sometimes I'm like, I read the room right and we're at the park and everyone's getting their fresh air. By the time we get home, everyone's like feelings have kind of dispersed a little bit. But it's like this, con it's constant work, isn't it? Like we're working all the time as mothers. We need to get like, we need to give ourselves more credit for that. Yeah. And I think the times when I feel like we've got it quote unquote right is when we're like team compassion and team awareness. Um, like that you know we we sometimes we end up having like these massive family meetings where we're going okay we need a reminder that bethany's not a morning person we all now understand bethany's not a morning person bethany you need to be aware that you are also not a morning person and that if you could you you don't have to be a morning person but maybe don't unleash your anger at simply being awake at everybody and we'll all give you some space so we've got a little bit of compassion and awareness which involves bethany's need being met and the rest of us not being shat upon um that's really hard to cope with all the time isn't it and i think yeah that i guess that's the goal for me and then um because i quite like the idea of also, let's all be team evans but also then so much awareness of at the moment we've really noticed that the little snippy comments and the little like shoulder you know the elbow barges just 
nudging people as you go past sort of things that happen between my lot um, are happening. And I'm like, oh, it's the end of term, isn't it? They're all just exhausted yeah. and they just need a break and it'll be okay. We'll get to like a couple of days into the holiday and they'll all just be less of an asshole to each other. Um, yeah. End of term is hard and the emotions mm. are high. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I think I am, as we're having this conversation, I'm realizing like all the areas in which I'm still parenting with fear rather than um, alignment. I'm like noting in my head of things where I'm like, okay, I need to go and have a look at this and have a look at that. It's interesting because I haven't really delved into siblings as a topic on its own. I think because I guess up until recently they've come as a pack you know like it's only recently where I've noticed the bigger ones wanting to do things differently from the little ones or like they've all been quite little up until now now we're moving into a different phase which you've been in for a while or even coming out the other end of in some cases um that things are adjusting and this is where the relationships are really truly being developed I guess like they're having to navigate each other's losses and wins together whereas before they weren't even aware the other person was maybe excelling in something and they weren't and now you know I've got four very different kids who need and want very different things and trying to make sure that they understand that doesn't mean that just because society tells them that this kid is excelling because they're good at X, Y, and Z doesn't mean that you're not excelling. You're just not excelling in the way society expects you to excel, which doesn't mean it's right or wrong, just is different. Um, but that's quite difficult because external validation is like what most people are taught to thrive off of, including at school. So you're kind of counteracting a lot of what school celebrates as well at home, aren't you? If you don't subscribe to that way of living yeah yeah I think job is big (laughs) comparison is really hard isn't it between siblings I know that Bethany's expressed well I think she expressed it to you actually didn't she last time we were at your house but that she feels like she needs to take responsibility for Luke at school because Luke is a flaky little fucker when he's left on his own and she doesn't want that reflecting badly on her Mm. and that's not something that I feel well I don't think that I've instilled that in her but she she's picked it up from somewhere and it part of that is because I think that's they are only a year apart at school and because there's lots of oh you're Luke's older brother or oh you're Bethany's you know all of that older whatever um that's really difficult and that comparison between between siblings is real is is there very difficult yeah but they're growing up I guess with us even beginning to have awareness of this is better than blindly just expecting kids to get on because they were born from the same parents right because you can have the most epic sibling relationships and you might not even share a dad or a mum or even either like there's adopted siblings that are like the best of friends for the rest of eternity and I think that can be about how the parents have instilled each child's self-worth individually that then 
it's just trying to make the time for it isn't it in between the sibling stuff because the work of looking after four kids or three kids two kids whatever is a lot of like making the dinners and tidying up after the dinners and doing the laundry and doing all that and blah blah and then like the adding in making sure that you instill self-worth into each child you don't necessarily have to make time for it but it's having that awareness all the time of making sure that those conversations happen like I need to desperately have a conversation with my second one about her attitude and I'm you know and I don't mean that and like I need to shut down her attitude although I would very much like to do that but I know that that's only going to create like worse problems when she's 15 so I'm like okay so she's being rude to me all the time there's something going on for her if I'm from my compassionate place like what is it that's going on for her let's dig into that a bit more she's had a big week at school there's a lot going on we're going away next weekend which brings out some of my insecurities and fears I don't like going away so I have to I'm working on my own stuff she can probably sense that I'm working on my own stuff I'm a bit wobbly everyone's like kind of running on a different energetic vibration right now which is making everyone a bit twitchy even though she wants to do all the things she's doing this week and I want to go away because I know that we'll enjoy it when we get there it still doesn't mean that that process isn't hard leading up to the, the things and then sometimes I think I forget to check in with that and understand And yesterday it just suddenly dawned on me, oh, she's really stressed. This is what stress in a seven-year-old looks like. (laughs) Stress in a seven-year-old is like being rude or whatever control she feels that she needs to have trying to assert it. Actually, a wise friend told me that when I had autumn, when this same, when Fern was the one kicking off, they all kicked off at different points, but at one point she was kicking off about it. And, you know, my wise friend was like, oh you know this is the time when you need her to be the most compliant which is why she's testing that boundary (laughs) I'm like yeah can't you just like not do that right now (laughs) yeah but that perspective yeah so how so tell me more about your family some I call them family summits in my house because I don't like meetings that has a leader whereas I think when we're meeting as a six I try and call it a summit because I don't want to be the leader what's so how do you what happens with yours how do you call them what's the, what's the deal Anna Anna called one last night which was hilarious it was the most important thing in the world that she gathered everyone together to discuss what easter eggs they were going to buy so we did we sat down in the lounge and we talked about what easter eggs everyone was going to buy Um, priorities (laughs) I love it Anna Anna didn't Anna this morning said that she felt we needed to have another one because she didn't feel like we'd got to the bottom of it so um family meetings are not not necessarily regular in our house but I would say seem to occur towards the end of term or at the beginning of a school holiday where we almost need to have like we have to press the reset button where uh, the the kind of just treat each other like shit has happened and we and I'm like guys I can't do a school holiday with everyone like this like you you need to all be aware that this is not okay we can't we can't treat each other like this and I think we often mm, have a conversation where we'll kind of go look you know your siblings are your first and best and most loyal friends if you make that choice 
and I think the place that we're counting CJ and I on the same page with this one and his siblings are so um his two sisters live quite close together locally um and his brother lives in Kent so you know we don't see them very often and something that really struck me when I became an Evans um was that they actually loved each other and that they would genuinely do anything for each other and that I was then part of that and I was a bit like almost distrusting because I don't have so with my family of origin I don't have a relationship with any of them and I didn't have a good relate I had a good relationship with my my stepsister I loved and adored her deeply um and I had a very very difficult relationship with my sister um and and so then I kind of viewed like CJ's relationship with his family his siblings as almost like huh you actually love them you actually would do anything for them without they're not even in each other's pockets you know they're not like all the time but but there's this real undercurrent of they would actually they actually would would care they care they would do something and that was not instilled in me like that kind of uh, team was not instilled in me that was not an option for us and so we're very much I kind of um, I guess when you said parenting was a place of fear I have real fear around my family doing what I essentially needed to do which is to leave the family of origin and never speak to anybody again and and I don't want that to happen for my kids. And so, and I see, you know, CJ's family, I'm like, that's so beautiful. That is a genuine option. We have to make a choice to do that. And so a lot of the kind of the family meetings refer to not that whole, de not the depth of that, but just the idea of kind of, we get to be a team. We get to choose to be a team. And these are the people that you can rely on more than you can rely on anybody else in the whole entire world. If we choose to be team, then we rely on each other. And that's a really beautiful thing to do, but it starts from today and it starts from not shitting on each other constantly, not actually. Yeah, yeah. I guess as well, like both you and I have come from a background of having a parent who would displays quite narcissistic traits, right? Like. Mm -hmm. Right. So both of us have had that experience. And I would say the same in a way with my siblings, that there were times when we didn't love each other, I guess, like in yeah. the way that I identify love to be now. Um, mm. And I think sometimes when you have had that experience of a narcissistic parent, they very much celebrate you when you're doing well and very much don't celebrate you when you're not um, yep. in their in their view. OK, so that's as you're growing up that's quite difficult to then work out how to navigate a friendship with the people you're essentially in competition with yeah because you know and I feel like that isn't going to happen for our kids because we've had that experience and we know we don't want it we've already started the work of okay well this is what happened to us and this is how how it manifested with our siblings. And now my sibling relationships are great. And my relationship with my parents is good. And we are like working 
we're working on stuff um and that's like something that's coming to us in the adult years but you know we're doing this with our kids when they're really young so they've got way more opportunity to practice these skills whilst they're in their family of origin which is us at the moment so I feel like that's already giving them a good you know that uh, jumping off point for their relationships yeah yeah definitely I often wonder in fact I we, I reflected this to CJ last night I was kind of I said to him I think it's very difficult for me to have sorry to give context I was stressing about Bethany had given me the silent treatment I can't even remember why I don't think it was even my fault anyway she was giving she was giving the silent treatment and I said to so she didn't want to come on the dog walk last night and she always goes on the dog walk and uh, I called up to say oh it's time to go on a dog walk and then I checked on her again and she just didn't say anything she'd taken herself upstairs and was in in her own space and um and I said to CJ I'm I feel really personally triggered by the silent treatment um because that's how I was treated when I was a kid was the silent treatment and so for me that's a I've withdrawn my love from you and that's me saying that from I'm looking at Bethany going oh my god she doesn't love me anymore and um, so very much a very emotional kind of triggering um and then and I started to kind of spiral a bit with it all and um I guess make it all about me um to CJ and CJ very gently and kind of wisely said you know be careful not to put be careful not to kind of put all of your basically project all of your emotional baggage onto Bethany's experience and she because she really hates that um and I can't even remember what my point was now. <laughs> I think it was. Oh man, I actually had a point. Why was I giving context for what was going on? What was I saying before that? That's so annoying. Like in the context of us being able to test out these things with our kids in our oh family. yeah so yeah and and I and kind of by the end when CJ said that when CJ gave me that kind of gentle reminder of like don't don't necessarily project all of your stuff or don't I was like oh it's because I'm viewing our family like my family of six I'm viewing that with the eyes of how my childhood was and so I'm and I don't then necessarily have a quote-unquote normal not that ours is a normal but like I don't I don't have a version of events that is the same I guess maybe mm -hmm. as opposed to normal so my family of origin story and makeup is totally different to what my current family setup is as mm -hmm. in you know a different dynamic of the split of the children um we had step children as part of it like we had a, a dad that wasn't on the you know all of those kind of things like I, that's totally different and so right now I have to be aware that I'm viewing my kids experience through my the eyes of my childhood and so maybe it's okay maybe they're gonna be okay it's not the same and that's really difficult for me to kind of get a grip to is what my kids going through that bad? Do I need to do something different? Are they going to be okay? Ultimately that, have I fucked up my kids? Are their relationships going to be okay between each other? Because it's, I, I'm not seeing it clearly, I don't think all the time. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. 
I remember one of the most cutting things that I ever heard um, about my choices in life from one from someone and it was that I was just repeating my parents life oh and that was like that really hurt because I was like what's the point then like of me living it I know how this ends you know Mm. and like it's taken a really long time for that comment to kind of disperse in my body because I think as much as I celebrate what my parents did like I have some epic childhood memories and I love them and I you know I really relish loads of what happened to me as a child um I don't want to repeat the pattern of all of it because that's just really disempowering that means that I cannot then shape a life that I've chosen and I just get forced into because I'm like one of my parents and I repeat everything they did because they got it right or whatever I don't think any of us can say that we lived in a house where the parents got every single thing right. Um, Mm. Because I don't think my children will have that experience either. I know that they won't. I've damaged them along the way. Do I think it's irreparable? No. Do I think that they'll have more tools than me, like moving into their future? Yes. So they've already got like a, like a starting point there with their emotional work. Um, do I like regret giving them as many siblings? No. Um, I sometimes wonder why I thought it was a good idea to have four of them. Um, Cause it's really hard, like physically hard and emotionally. But yeah, yeah. And I think, hard. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I've definitely experienced um, a sense of judgment around having a large family and a sort of projection from other people that says, well, you can't meet all of their needs all the time yeah be it financially or like literal time or um emotionally I find that really difficult when other people sort of put on that judgment I've yeah Um, and my the most judgment I've had is from other women and other mothers oh yeah I actually find from fathers I often get like a oh that's hardcore hats off to you that's a Mm. lot like that is the general response of fathers that I've had, which is bit like often quite felt quite supportive. But I think that's more about women's um, insecurity in themselves, thinking that they wouldn't be able to do it rather than like anything about my choice, you know? Yeah, like, or, or like that my choice to have four children is a reflection on them, quote unquote, only having how many children they've got is almost a I'm a better parent than you because I've got more children than you and that and I I don't who knows if that's even what they're thinking or a conscious thing but I definitely struggle with that because then it plays into my head of oh well where am I not meeting my children's needs so and you know which which of my children is getting more money spent on them and their clubs or more time spent on their clubs and is that feeding into my children's sense of self-worth and that's really difficult that's really challenging um and I then spend quite a lot of time in my head going well what are the benefits of having lots of children what are the benefits to the children to have uh, to have lots of siblings especially then given the context I was just sharing of I didn't have a good relationship with the siblings in my and there were four you know there were four of us and and it wasn't harmonious it wasn't good 
um yeah hard well I think that's um I think that's important I think we should talk about some of the joys because I have experienced a lot of joys and gains from having a large family so what's some of yours like what do you observe you know what's the good stuff that you observe when you when say the kids are getting on and you are watching like what have you seen do you know what it's like pure joy it's you know this morning when everyone was downstairs and I was asking them the question I was like oh so no what's good about siblings and just that just blissful joy that everyone's having a joke about it all is is glorious um the times when we've had like random you know my highlight of last year was one random evening when we had we played games and painted nails and ate loads of crisps and it's just like pure blissful joy in being in each other's company is incredible is such a high and that does happen there are micro moments I would say every single day where we have those moments of joy and they're not manufactured it's not because someone's doing a particular club or I feel like we've got the balance right it's just like little micro moments of oh this is awesome and when when they you know like yesterday Samuel wanted to do baking which pissed Bethany off and then it pissed Anna off and there was a big fight about who was going to get to do the baking and then I left we kind of dealt with that and then for a moment Samuel and Anna figured out a way of working together and it's like oh go go guys you two did that you did that that's amazing like and it and they had a lovely little time together when I can see them enjoying each other's company from a really wholesome place where they are like fundamentally enjoying being with the spirit of that other person it's like oh this is so nice yeah I love that I love watching their elaborate games that mine create where you know it's different dynamics um depending on what the game is like Ivy's kind of moving away from the imagination stage now and moving into different activities um, which sometimes Fern will join her in or Fern will like team up with the little two and they'll play this elaborate blooming Paw Patrol, PJ Masks, um, Daniel Tiger, all the characters game where they've got out all the Duplo and they're doing all the things and like Fern's leading the charge and they're just absolutely loving it. Like Autumn's literally lapping it up and Willow's just mm-hmm. going along for the ride. And you're like, this is why I had all these kids. Like this, yeah. is, it. this is the moment. This is joyful. Let's do this every day all the time. <laughs> you know I think they feel that joyful right because we have to have the contrast and the shades of gray in between where you get the fighting and you get the other bits like I don't I don't think that's avoidable I don't think the um the shades of life are avoidable that it's how you navigate them which is what we were saying earlier about you know finding the tools to navigate when those things aren't happening but when they are I rem- I'm reminded of like why I had this many kids <laughs> yeah and I think like that's the thing you know when we kind of are talking about when I'm saying like I want to be team compassion and team awareness it's what I really would love for them to do is to be able to look at the other person and see the wonderful goodness in that person and then we're, we're all doing it and so then we can all stand in our self-worth because we're all appreciating each other, which means we've all got enough appreciation to, to shine without feeling like we're giving away all of our appreciation to the detriment of ourselves. Like that's the goal, right? That's the aim. That's the, and there are times when that happens, you know, when we're on the beach and everyone's playing together, those, 
those moments where it's like, oh, this is magic, absolute magic. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't think um, we didn't cover, we didn't talk about how um, like the older ones help the little ones. Like I, so both, I think both Bethany and Ivy have, Ivy maybe less so, but Bethany definitely has that air of like, I would leave my kids with her, you know, like she has that vibe. Do you know what, funnily enough, we were talking about this the other day and, and she was saying that she would babysit for you, for you guys. So yeah. if you ever need a babysitter, she's she's on board with that. Um, yeah. And do you, yeah, so I, have you ever worried about her? So I think worried is the wrong word. Like, have you considered, because I've done this, especially with Fern, actually, because she's my more practical, like common sense kid. Like I've often said, oh, Fern, we just go get that. We just do this. We just make sure this has happened. Like sometimes like put, I guess, some of the parenting role on them. I, I sometimes have considered like the impact of that for them in the future, especially as women. If it was a boy, I think I maybe would think less about it because I'm like, it's a good thing for a man to like consider other people and like understand how the world works a bit more like that. Um, whereas with girls, I'm like, oh, don't think that you have to serve everybody else and don't leave enough for yourself kind of thing. Yeah, that's really hard, isn't it? It's yeah, really hard. Like, I, yeah, like yesterday, so um, everyone's got chores in our house and Samuel cleans the toilets and I'm really like he actually he's awesome he, I know I've said about it about it before but he really is awesome but I'm really keen for the boys to have like you know a cleaning job because they should and Luke came downstairs yesterday we were, I was like everyone needs to tidy up their bedrooms it, it's got grotty upstairs and Luke came downstairs and went mommy don't you think it's fair that Samuel hoovers half of our bedroom because it's half his too and I went Luke your job is to hoover the rooms go hoover it and stop trying to get out of all of the jobs um whereas for someone like bethany she just does her job she is diligent and she takes on so much leadership and yet i'm very aware that she does that and almost does it with an air of well you're not stepping up like towards me like if she doesn't view my mothering as enough she's like well i'm gonna step in then and i we've I've had to say to her a few times like just a reminder, you're not the mum. And if I'm choosing to not deal with that situation, it's actually a conscious choice, not something you need to do. Um, but I think I've also, again, with the eyes of how I experienced childhood, I definitely did a lot of jobs and chores. And it probably feeds into the fact that I don't let mine do a huge amount of stuff. Like I'm still packing everyone's lunches because I'm like, no. I don't want you to do it and I'm you know I'm doing all the all the like all the stuff apart from their designated chores because I'm like don't make them step into the leadership roles that I had to um it's hard isn't it to get that balance right do you, do you think the conclusion of this conversation is basically we are still in the process of working out whether this is going to work or not and we probably won't know until they're like 25 to 30 because apparently people's brains their prefrontal cortexes aren't even fully developed until they're 25 so really, do you know what when I've heard that before that's really bothered me because by 25 how many children did I fucking have myself that's terrifying <laughs> I, right. I don't even know how many children I had by that point but two three like too many I had four by the time I, I was pregnant with Anna by the time when I was 30 so I had yeah 
Yeah. But that's not a bad thing. I just mean like, I think in the context of this conversation with siblings, it's like, we really aren't going to know if any of the stuff we've done or not done for them as siblings will until they're older because like their friendships will either last or they won't and maybe their peace isn't to be friends with their siblings I hope it is because you can have your like most intense friendships with your siblings if you want to but also there's so like I have women in my life that I would call my sisters now that aren't you know birthed from the same mother so maybe yeah but then I guess what I would say from to that would be and maybe this is me just trying to put my own anxieties and fears to rest but I think the world at the moment especially the world that we're sort of in of like self-development and trying to figure shit out and putting to rest our own kind of childhood stuff says a lot that is like you can fuck up your kids and you're getting it wrong and you'll only know yeah like this you're only going to know when they're 25 kind of thing at the same time is saying maybe we aren't fucking it up just a little note to end the podcast to say i'm super aware that we don't have a proper introduction to each episode like a hi 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 kind of thing hi welcome and we don't have an outro is that even the word to our episodes ever like we just kind of end them I'm aware of that. Um, maybe we'll fix that. Maybe we won't. Maybe it's a problem that needs fixing. I don't know. But anyway, just to say thanks. We love doing this. And we're so grateful that you listen. Like, genuinely, thank you.